think this is the first time I preached in 2024. So, happy 2024. Um, we are still at the beginning. We're still in January, I think. And, you know, we might have made some, like, resolutions at the beginning of this year. How are they going? They're going good? Going well? Not so well? Um, what about our Christian journey? I don't know if you've thought this year, right, I'm going to really take discipling under Jesus better this year. How's that going? Is it going all right? Going good? Cool? Okay. Well, um, as a church, we're going through the book of Mark, and we're picking out some passages that um, we feel is a, they're good. They're really good things to learn about and see how Jesus led his disciples. Um, hi. Oh, he's like, this is my time. Oh, oh, I know, it's so hard. Okay, so, I'll try and be more jazzy so you don't look at him, you look at me. Um, oh, he's so cute. Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so, what does the word disciple mean? So, it's one who learns by following. And so, we're going to be um, looking into that we always look into that um, and in the book of Mark one of the things one of the words that keeps coming up actually is the word immediately because he's urging this like thing that it's it's urgent we need to do this now and actually throughout the book of Mark we see Jesus calling people to be with him so they're taking a new direction in life and then they're learning and copying Jesus in action. And, you know, we see the disciples, they're struggling, they ask lots of questions, they make mistakes, but we do see them grow and mature. Now, this passage we're learning today, the parable of the sower. Parable is just a word about a, nat just a natural story that we learn something spiritual through. And we're going to go through it quite s slowly. It's simple but it's very powerful. I actually weirdly led younger youth last week and we had the same um, parable, um, which was help, helpful because they told me all the answers. Um, I was really impressed with, with their answers. So the farmer is God and he's sowing his seed, the word, the truth, and the seed of people. Pe and people, we fall into different categories. And when we read through it, you might notice that you've been in all these different categories. It's actually the Bible passage that we look at in Alpha, and we go through it, and we talk about how we might have been in different stages, different seeds. Um, but one thing that was so beautiful is that the youth pointed out that we can all change, that we can change. We're not stuck. So, the first seed. These, this is the people who fall on the path. The path is flat and it's open. And as soon as they hear the truth, it says Satan comes away, comes and takes it away. I would say that this is actually most of society and the community around us, the world, that actually um, we know that God is everywhere. Creation is everywhere. Signs are everywhere. And Christians are everywhere. 
But a person will go about their normal life and they might encounter these things, but Satan is right there next to them, deceiving them, distracting them. And sometimes people feel like they've never met a Christian. I know somebody that said they'd never met a Christian until they were about 40. I'm not sure if that's true. So we might have been in this stage at one point. We were oblivious to Jesus, to Christians. We were oblivious to the love that God could give us. But we just because we were just listening to the world around us, our own agendas, how busy life is. And that is where most of the world is. Can I have that water, mate? Thank you. <laughs> what yours is mine. Mine is yours. Um, so that's the first seed. then the second one the second type are the people on rocky places so it says that they hear the word and at once receive it with joy that's amazing it's like a dopamine like a like a quick good effect so they hear it but the problem is there's so many other words that they hear there's so many other images that they see arguments opinions debates pictures videos podcasts reels likes dislikes so much stuff that's happening in the world. But the problem is we can't put this good news in the same page as all the other things. Because actually there is so much that we all focus on. And actually the word just bounces off us like all the other information. And it says that there, there's no roots and so it withers. Henri Nguyen can't say that but he's got um, a really cool quote and it says aren't you like me hoping that some person thing or event will come along to give you that final feeling of inner well-being you desire don't you often hope may this book idea course trip job country or relationship fulfill my deepest desire but as long as you're waiting for that mysterious moment you will go on running helter-skelter always anxious and restless, always lustful and angry, never fully satisfied. You know that this is the compulsiveness that keeps us going and busy, but at the same time makes us wonder whether we are getting anywhere in the long run. This is the way to spiritual exhaustion. This is the way to spiritual death. It says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Tragically, sadly, for me, and I'm sure it's for so many of you, we know people who have come to the Lord, and it was so exciting. But because there wasn't roots, because they hadn't grown deep into a Christian community, or they didn't have a deep Christian personal, a personal individual relationship with Jesus, when the questioning came, when all the other things came and the distraction, or maybe when the trouble came, they fell away. And actually, living life without Jesus is way more easier. But actually, the more you read scriptures, the more we can learn that actually going through tricky times is to be expected. And this is the place that we get growth. This is where our character is revealed. This is where we can mature. 
Nate and I, we're, we're leading a home group, and we're um, going through the book of James. And it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Do you? Do you consider it pure joy? When something hard happens, you're like, yes, yes, this is it. <laughs> Do you? It says, it commands, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So it says to push into these times, which is quite anti our culture. Our culture doesn't say that. It says life needs to be good. Get rid of the bad. Life is good. It's all about comfort. In Deuteronomy, it says, remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you. God uses the wilderness to bring his people back. He even had his own son, God, the son of God. God himself went through 40 days of desert time. Even God did it to show us that we will go through these times. And these times are hard. We might not feel God is there with us. They are re- Sometimes it's only afterwards that we look back and we realize that God was there all along. But actually in the wilderness, that's where he woos. In the wilderness, that's where he tests. In the wilderness, that's where he challenges. Those are the times that we can encounter God and our character is changed. And actually, I think we need to talk about this more. We don't talk about this more um, enough. We talk about the good times of being a Christian. But it's hard. It really is hard. It's harder. Jesus said it was going to be hard. Jesus went through hard times. But we've got to stand firm. In Ephesians, it says, finally be strong in the Lord. So when you're going through these times, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. There's an action here. We need to put on. We don't just sit and let it happen. We put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there is, there's a real, there's a real action there. We need to do something about it when we go through these times, because we will go through these times. So that was the second one. There's no roots there. The roots have, have, have fizzled up. Then we go for our third one, our third seed. This is the one that falls among the thorns. It says, still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Actually, um, I think one of the strongholds in especially the Western world is that self, like yourself, myself, what I want, is a stronghold that we have in the contemporary world. So the iPhone (laughs) or, you know, feeling good, 
Um, and uh, when when a relationship is really hard, or when a job gets hard, it's like, well, there's something wrong there, and we it's like, let's get rid, or move on, or change, because actually we feel like life should be good and easy, and um, the absence of good is like a feeling, a warning for us. Um, and obviously, we w- we all want comfort and ease and good feelings. But actually, this is, in a way is short-sighted because it's um, it's not always going to be like that. And that it comes at an expense of growth. I know that so many people here can say stories about when they've gone through massive valleys, really tough times. But when they look back, they know that those are the times when they grew the best. Those are the times when they grew the most. That That is the, the bit of their life that developed their character it's like the diamond isn't it like the more pressure it's so beautiful and I know so many beautiful Christians who have gone through so much stuff and I think about my mum and my dad and actually they're so beautiful but they have had such a tricky life um, and so it's it's interesting if we look at, if we think about that verse um, the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for things you know, what are we finding our desire in? What are we finding um, comfort in? Is it our things? Is it our jobs? Um, because actually, um, we know that all of this is fleeting. Like we know that. Um, and it's funny because we hear about, like, stories and movies when, like, people lose it all or when... Um, or we know people that have lost their health or all their, all their money. And we think, oh my gosh, that would be awful. But it probably won't happen to me. And so the natural thing is that we like hold things tight and we hold people tight and we hold things tight and we hold money tight. And, and actually, we've got it all wrong because the more we hold it, we just, it, that is becoming our security blanket. And that's where we're putting our trust in. But Jesus said, consider how the wildflowers grow. We all know this verse. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your hearts on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows what you need, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Seek his kingdom. Um, So Jackie Pillager, I think most of us might know who she is. Um, She's a really cool girl, woman, and um, she worked for most of her life in the slums of China. Um, And she came to visit our church a few times over the years. Um, And what always stood out for me, though, was something that she said about this area, about Surrey. She said it was the darkest place and the hardest place that she'd ever visited in the world. I don't know, we just have to let that land a little bit. Darker than the slums of China. And I... I mean, for some of us who have been in places like that, I think it's true. 
this is a really, really tough climate that we live in. Because the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things and the security that we want to put in things is all around us. It has a grip. There's a grip of self-comfort and pleasure that we see all the time on TV, on our phones, with our neighbors' homes, with things around us. It's constant. Um, another... Henri Nguyen, I can't say his name. Um, another quote by him, this is really good. So he said, um, our society is not a community radiant with the love of Christ, but a dangerous network of dom domination and manipulation in which we can easily get entangled and lose our soul. The basic question is whether we ministers of Jesus Christ have not already been so deeply molded by the seductive powers of our dark world that we have become blind to our own and other people's fate, fatal state. And we have lost the power and the motivation to swim for our lives. This is really heavy stuff, guys. I'm really sorry to bring you this on a sunny Sunday morning. But it is a swim for our lives. This is serious stuff. This is why he, Mark keeps saying immediately. Immediately, all through the gospel, this is immediate, urgent stuff that we should think about and wrestle with in our hearts. And it's so challenging for me. In that verse, um, it's quite interesting when you look at that, it says that all these things that we've been talking about, all those temptations, all that stuff that is surrounded around us, when it comes in, it says, this is the thing that's challenging for me. It says it comes in and it chokes it making it unfruitful. So it's not dead. It's just unfruitful. It's lost the motivation. I'm going to say something harsh, but I do think that the church in the West, and especially in this area, in wealthy areas like this, we are here. We're alive. but I think we're choked. We love God. We've made that decision. You know, we come to church, but we're so distracted and we're so consumed with everything that is going around us that maybe the fruit, hmm, it's not, not growing great. And we think, even as Christians, we think that actually the world is going to give us good stuff, comfort. You know, we're serving and we're, you know, we're like, um, we're pursuing lots of good things. We're pursuing God. But we're also pursuing lots of comfort, lots of power, lots of security. So this is just something I want us to sit with for a bit. Um, but what's really good is that Jesus gives us hope in this that even Jesus when he went through that desert with those 40 days he was he was tempted by three main things he was tempted by comfort the devil said turn these loaves 
Turn these stones into loaves and you can eat. You'll be fine. It must have been so hard in that time. So he was tempted by comfort. He was tempted by power. The devil said, throw yourself down and show your power in saving yourself. And Jesus was tempted with security. The devil said that he could have all these kingdoms. But actually in this place, Jesus affirmed that God was his only comfort. God was his only power. And God was his only security. He said, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. In Colossians, it says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And we, we go on to the fourth seed. Um, it says, Others like seen sown on good soil hear the word, so they hear it, and then they accept it, and then they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Jesus said that the seed must be in good soil. So I just want to go a bit into this bit here, because there's two parts here. So the seed needs to be in good soil. We know that's true, right? In all the experiencing of gardening that we might have done. Um, good soil is so important. And I think um, we hear about this a lot, you know, within our Christian life. You know, what is that soil that you're in? Is it good? What, it, what nutrients are you sucking in? Is it God's word? You know, those are really good things. God's word, worship music. Are you in a, an encouraging group as believers? Are you getting the encouragement of fellow believers around you? Or is it Instagram? Or is it advertising? Or is it looking at a friend who has more than me? It's basically whose voice are you listening into? Is it the vo voice of the world or the voice of God? And these are the nutrients that are going to grow us. Because the more we nurture the voice of the world, the more we're going to look like the world and become like the world. The more we nurture the word of Lord, we're going to become like the Lord. So it's simple, but, but we need to take it seriously. It's quite good to kind of think, mm, okay, if I looked at my whole day and I looked at all the different minutes of my day, what are my eyes looking at? What are my ears hearing? What am I saying? You know, if I looked at my whole day, like maybe it's quite fun to kind of think about that take stock now my challenge to you is that most Christians you know we might be in different stages we go back and forth but most Christians sort of stop here and they're good at feeding themselves they are really actually good at feeding themselves but actually, we need to look at the New Testament. There's quite a few warnings of those who listen, but then they don't do. Because actually, it isn't just about listening to Jesus. The disciples listened to Jesus, but imagine if they just listened, and then they didn't do. 
It says in James 2, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if anyone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And this is something that I think we should be unpacking and thinking about. It's not, it's not an easy fix. Actually, as a community, as a, as a group of Christians, what is this? What does this mean? Because actually thinking about this two-pronged thing, we are turning, we're listening, we're doing, we're, we're, we're listening, we're, we're surrounding ourselves with Jesus, but then what's, what's the difference? What effect is that having in the kingdom around me? Um, I think this is something that, um, you know, we can listen to all the podcasts that we want, we can read the Bible, we can be in Christian community, and those are such good things, those are really good nutrients, they're going to feed us. But where is the, the doing, where is the produce? What, what effect is that having on anyone around us? in the kingdom? What effect is that having in the kingdom? So um, this is something that I think can, can not really be done on a Sunday morning. This is something that has to be kind of thought about and really wrestled with. And I would argue in a small group, these is why we keep saying, please join a small group, come and talk to me. We will form a small group for you, or you can join a small group, because that, this is the kind of, that's the place that we should be talking about it. And we can actually start doing things as a small group. You know, not the wider C, not this C, like church C, but the small, tiny, midweek C. Like what, 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 as that little group, what, what should we do as believers? Let's, let's wrestle this together as a home group. What, what should we, what difference does our home group have on the, in the kingdom around us? So I, I'm just going to, I'm going to land the talk now, but, um, these are the thoughts I would love you to go and ponder, maybe during worship, when, we, when we're going to um, sing and, or listen to some worship. What soil are you in? What seed are you? What nutrients are you feeding your life? What things are you looking at, listening to? So that's number one. So what nutrients are feeding your soul? You might be doing so great in this. And well done. Seriously, well done. It's really hard, but well done. Keep going. But then the next challenge. What is your effect in the kingdom having? Because actually Jesus, when he was on earth, his action, his sort of producing it had a huge, rippling, massive effect on the kingdom. His death caused even more. And that's like really interesting to think about, the death. Is there something inside you that needs to die? When you think of a seed, it's interesting that they actually the outer shell has to break in order for life to come. So is there something in our lives that's holding us back? Is there something that we need to put to death so that we can have life and do more and grow and move? So, again, simply, what is feeding you, and what are you doing about it? I'm going to end with the reading that again. Others, like seed, sown in good soil, hear the word. Lord, we want to hear your word, and they accept it. Lord, we accept your word. 
and produce a crop. Lord, we want to produce things for you. We want to have an effect on your kingdom, Jesus. We want to have an effect of 30, 60, 100 times. So I'm just going to end in praying for us. Actually, um, can we stand? Can we do something physical? Might be a bit weird, but um, I think what I'm trying to get at is there's something that we can do. So um, can I ask you to be brave and um, just move to a different seat in a different part of the church as an act of we are here, Lord. We are here in this church. We do believe we have turned. We love you. But we also want to move where you want us to move. We want to do what you want us to do. So, Lord, so yeah, guys, just like as an act of saying yes to Jesus, move to a different spot as a symbol of your, if you're able, obviously, as a symbol. Yeah, I love this. Look how cool this looks. It's like a totally different picture here. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Do you know what? It's like even this is a real prophetic sign for me looking out. Like we all love Jesus. We do. We love him so much. But actually, I think actually it's like something about disrupting us. We need to be disruptive in order to have an effect on the kingdom around us. Because the world is not great. And we are living on hard soils here in Surrey. I believe that Jesus is wanting to break this ground in Jesus' name. Come on, don't you say amen? People want, people are hungry for him. People are dying all around us and they have no idea. So, but we have that. We have the answer living within us. All of you here are kingdom builders. So in Jesus' name, I pray, Father God, that you would just ignite, ignite that seed, break down the walls within our hearts, Father God. Help us not to only just be receivers. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would break something in our hearts today. That you would help us to tremble for you, Jesus. To help to tremble so that we can start trembling and making ripples like you did when you were on earth. Lord Jesus, we want to sit at your feet. We want to listen. We want to see what you did on earth. And then we want to copy that. We want to be like you, Jesus. So I pray right now, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come right down, rain on us now. Lord Jesus, put to death things that are not of you. Take away desires that are not of you. Lead us through those valleys, but Jesus, create, create a heart that loves you. Help us to put on the full armor. Protect this church in Jesus' name, I say, in Jesus' name, I pray protect this church, protect these lives, keep us hungry for you. Father God, come now, Holy Spirit. Move in our hearts as we worship you, Lord. We want to we wanna worship you now. So I pray that you would speak to every single person here. In Jesus' name, amen.